Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. Um, I have a couple kind of more substantial podcasts that I wanted to get out, a couple I've made recordings of already, uh, except I have one that I made early in this year, probably about in April of 08. Um, it was a follow-up interview to an interview I did with Holly. Uh, a year or two ago now. Kind of check in with Holly and see her progress and see how her life has changed. So if you listen to the audio about uh, the fact that you can change your life, then you would have heard my first interview with Holly about a year and a half, two years ago. This podcast is a follow-up with her. And someone had asked in an email, why all the laughing? That is a very logical, rational question, because there's laughing in that other interview, and there's quite a bit of laughing in this one. And so to answer that logical, rational question, I first want to point out that laughter, like things that we do that are joyous and fun, are not rational. But to suffice people's rational need to explain, I'll say that uh, it was a pleasure talking with her pleasure enjoying her sense of humor in that state of love seeing the world and the divine comedy of the drama from that point of view and sharing that with her so that's my brief rational explanation about why some laughter in here but certainly does not give the full irrational explanation of it hi sweetheart hello you need a few minutes to get ready not ready. <laughs> I thought of making out some questions. Oh, okay. But then I threw that idea away. All right. I thought I'd rather just see where this goes. All right. See what you find out. For the record, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and I'm here with Holly, who's uh, been working on my self-mastery audio series. And been going at it, I guess it's been about a, almost a year and a half now. Excuse me, two and a half years. And gone. Th- have you gone through the advanced series, Holly? Yes, I have. We're recording this little Skype call with Holly. I talked with you a little over a year ago. It seems like made it. A, and made a podcast about the fact that, yeah, you can change your life. And it was before you posted your advanced series, I think. Probably. At yeah. that point, yeah. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> I had in my mind to do it. So you've been busy changing your life. And if you want to listen back to a previous podcast about how to change your life or something about changing your life, you can hear Holly's story back then. We'll continue on from there. I don't know what we're going to cover. All right. Because I, I don't know what you've been doing. So this is what I want to find out. Um. I've been practicing. Because <laughs> you've been getting some pretty stellar results in how your life is different. Very different in um, interactions with people and how they interact with me and how yeah. I interact with them. And I would, I didn't Give... know that that's how my progress would show me that I'm making progress. Okay, so give me a, for instance, real-life example so we don't leave it in the abstract. What... Okay. What kind of stuff goes on today with people who, and what, what would be the comparison to, say, 
a year and a half ago or two years ago? Well, one of the issues I mm -hmm. can say was that I was very sensitive to what others would say or even look at me. Mm -hmm. What I did was I just, I kept practicing and I'm practicing awareness with the tools that you gave me mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in all your podcasts. And, and then I noticed when someone would say something, now I truly understood what it meant that don't take anything personally because it is coming from their, their frame of mind, not by what I said or what I did. Um, do you do you have that awareness as they're saying it? Yes, now I do. Because it's because it's it's one thing to have it intellectually; it's another thing to have it after the fact, after you go home or you're driving home after an interaction, and say, "Oh, okay, oh, that was just them." But you've been in the reaction already. It's an entirely different thing to have that awareness without a time delay, where there's no reaction. I'll just let it happen. Let them you, bark at you and, and realize that, well, I could see from their point of view, possibly, that how it was misinterpreted, excuse me, their misinterpreted. archetype. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there we go. By this their isn't, archetype. This isn't going to be heard by that many people, so no need to be that nervous about it. <laughs> I interrupted. So you could see how they interpreted what they did and, mm -hmm. and right, there, it, and right then, there while it's happening, while they're talking. Yeah, while they're talking, and then at the same time, I'm through the exercises and the awareness, um, very aware of 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 the archetype of that that could have um, come out before, but now that whatever it was, it would lose its power for me. It would lose its power. What they're saying. What they're saying, and then um, and so pretty soon. I guess just to paraphrase it, it's like it goes in um, like one ear and I give it compassion and then it goes out the other ear, you know? So when you say it loses its power, are you talking about over time or as they're saying it or? Um, as they're saying it. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you're noticing there's a side of your personality that say, okay, in the past would have reacted this way. Oh. You're, you're seeing the temptation of that still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still practicing. Okay. Is there an emotional charge still at times? Um, not as much anymore. You know, you don't feel the the heavy breathing or the heart palpitations or, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, you know or, the, or you're, why you're shaking and yeah. I can't believe this person's saying this, you know, or, yeah. Yeah. or they're looking at me that way. Yeah, there's not, okay, there's not anywhere close to the same no. magnitude. no. I'm just, I'm realizing the process. Yeah. Pro the process of change in this is, is kind of different than I think what most people have expectations for. And and even in um, expectations of, of doing the process, I mean, we I set up expectations. And then, and then I, I caught those too. Those expectations and the judge says, I'm not doing it right, that voice in your head says, I'm not doing it right, I'm failing, I should just quit and give up. Oh, that, that temptation, that always happened, but when that would happen, it's like, take a deep breath, and, and then kinda, I kind of like made a game out of it. Okay, well, tomorrow let's just see how many 
times this happens or okay. how or how I react. Okay. And then there were times where it's like, it's like you know what, I'm never going to get this. You know, here I just went through this whole series and it's been a year and I'm still not, you know, where I <laughs> want to be. Where <laughs> <laughs> the image of perfection it's, would yeah. have you be if you were enlightened and walking in water. Exactly. Yeah. That is slowly disappearing and, and not has as much power over me. Yeah. One of the surprises that a lot of people get into practicing some of this is they don't notice the progress right away. Progress is kind of silent. For instance, somebody won't have a reaction. They won't get upset about something. And they'll be in their car and they'll be going home and they'll go, holy smokes. I didn't get upset or anything about that. Wow. You don't notice a change because it's an absence of drama. I don't know if that's been something in your experience. Oh, very much an absence because when people no longer invite you to things, and you go out and then you see them and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, they no longer invite you. They're no longer doing drama with you. They're no longer yeah, barking because at you they, the same way. They know, yeah, because I'm not engaging. They're in their drama, but I'm just aware of it and I'm not going to give them gossip or or chip in with the with the archetypes like before doing drama and victim and judgment so yeah. so do, do they stop inviting you to to do drama with them um yes and they also say you know you just don't talk anymore yeah well you know well yeah <laughs> but i this... really that sometimes i just don't know what to say i'm not going mm -hmm. there yeah that's where the um, madness is, and I, I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> a lot of so much, so much of what um, that first part of the series, the first part of the self mastery series, is about is uh, learning what not to do. Everybody's fixated on, tell me what I should do, and I'm like, well, we can get to that, but first we gotta learn to refrain, and that's something I think is a little different than what people expect. Along the same lines of refraining for you hear all the little tricks of the trade, you know, like wear a rubber band and snap it on your wrist every time you catch your mind wandering or saying something you shouldn't. It just didn't work. I noticed for myself I had to pay attention to myself and the belief systems that I had and where and where they came from. And I don't know if you want to share about this Childhood was kind of rough. Well, <laughs> that's perception. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's relative, yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a, a, a kind and doting mom all the time and, you know, parents. Well, they both did the best they could considering, you know, where they they were. Yeah. Yeah. Then at the same time, I guess because of their belief system – it did keep me out of trouble because of all the um, superstitions. Fear. And fear that they had. Judgments. So, yeah. And judgment. So maybe in a way, with all what they had, in a lot of ways, it probably kept me clean. That I had what, what others self-medicating and stuff like that, I, that never tempted me because of a fear of God or, or whoever is out there. Okay, this is a story now, and I can I can see that this would evolve over the last two and a half years. 
and make your peace with childhood and what was your story two and a half years ago? I mean, was it something you looked at in the same way? No, because it wasn't, I thought I was okay. <laughs> you know, I thought I did a really good job of um, coming out ahead considering the childhood and, and all those issues. And mm -hmm. um, I thought comparing yourself to others, it could have been a lot worse. But what I noticed was is that when I started doing this series, is I was stuck, always stuck on surviving, of trying to survive the next day, to survive the next hour. It was always a survival mode. What, what, what does that mean? Surviving. Fear would motivate me to always be careful, always plan ahead, always make sure you always have a plan B, because plan A is definitely going to fail. And no okay. one's going to be there for you and okay. make sure you have a soft pillow to land on. When and don't count on it being there. So have no. a second soft pillow and yeah. don't count on it to being there. Yeah, okay. so it's like you're on plan five and guess what? That's not there either. Always feeling fear. Yes. Thinking ahead, never enjoying the moment. So what's going on today? I have a clue on this because we had a chance to talk a little bit ago. You you walk around with a different feeling now. Yes, I I do. <laughs> it's uh it's very light. One of the things that I well, I don't know if it's getting away from your question, but I really had to on that second podcast, the last one about love. I would say that one impacted me most because I really had to dig down really, really deep to my belief systems on love, compassion, and the gratitude. So now everything, like, I like to believe that everything I touch and do is, is from a point of view of, of love and compassion um, and, and reverence to life itself instead of always reacting in, in fear and making sure that, you're, you know, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not sure which other you're referencing, but we'll trust it's in there somewhere. Well, it was the um, last one about, you know, love, what was that, love beyond reason in the second. Oh, that's, that's in the advanced series. Yeah, in the advanced series. Okay, it's not, it's not, in, a, uh, it's not in a podcast you know, what love looks like, you know, to yeah. each person. Because I don't believe I knew what love was in the true essence of it. Well, what what is it now or what are you perceiving it is now in this iteration? Or how are you experiencing that? I don't know what. Hmm. It's really hard to describe. Yeah, um, I know. That's why I, I, I the only thing I can... at it. I, the only thing I could really say is it's a sensation. Yeah. It's a sensation. It it doesn't have words, and and I doesn't have words. It's a sensation. And uh, how I I don't know how you can compare that to where it was fear two and a half or more years ago, but yeah, it's um that's more your daily experience, I guess. Uh huh. 
And it's big, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> the love it, thing. Oh, it's it like it pulsates out, or like I said, I cannot describe it. Yeah, it's beyond personal. Yes. At that level that you're starting to perceive it. What about operating like this in this state of love and understanding compassion and, and the questions that often come up from people who, when I talk about something like this, you can't just live in the moment, you know, you still have to deal with the practical. How do you balance that? Um, I, how, do you, how do you balance it? How do I balance it? I guess for me now, it just coincides. It's not one without the other. I mean, I still go through through my. Everyone has a daily life. You still have to pay your bills. I still, still pay put my gas bills. In your car. Yeah, but there's no. To me, there's no drama, especially today about putting gas in my car. Yeah. Still grateful that I'm able to do that. I still have a breath to breathe. Your attention is on very different things. But oh, you're still absolutely. Care of business. I'm still taking in, in a in a very positive, loving way. Yeah. Curious, how have your relationships changed? You talked about people who who bark at you, and your interaction with them is different, and therefore now they interact with you differently or don't interact with you as much. What about other relationships? How have they changed? And be honest. Because <laughs> um, some of them have fallen away. Mhm. I guess I'm right there in in the mid zone right now. I I do notice I have more um or maybe I'm more aware of it now of um of other people, you know, like when just being um little I don't know if that's the right word like little miracles happening every day with people. You have to explain, I don't know. I know I I don't think that's a good example. Miracles in the way some people are stepping or, out of your life, or? or no, of how of how they react to me now. It's like they want to be engaged in a conversation with me. New people. People you know? want your attention more now. Yeah. They want to hear what I may or may not say, or just be quiet around me. Would be in your presence. Mm -hmm. You've uh, your clients notice too. Yes. Or yes. maybe they aren't aware of it, but they have that attraction. Yes. Yeah. How's that change your business? <laughs> um. You have more clients than 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 not. Business is easier. Business is easier. There's, um, and also sometimes if you have a client that's easygoing and then that easygoing client might recommend to their friends who are easygoing. So it, it's, you might get the same type of caliber. Mm -hmm. The emotional quality. Is the emotional quality. Goes more and more in that direction. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's like, if they are barkers, um, <laughs> barkers, barkers. <Okay. laughs> 
<laughs> okay. That's my term I use. Um, it's it's okay too because it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, I don't take it personal. Yeah. And pretty soon they're not barking as much anymore because I'm not reacting. Mm-hmm. And they know what I'm doing for them is is coming from a point of it's okay. There I know you're. you're I, I know you're scared, even though I won't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's some part of them, some part of their consciousness recognizes the the respect, mm-hmm. uh, the compassion, the understanding. I think probably it's what you just hit it. It's the R word, respect. Mm. I still respect you as a human being, and that was something that I I did not do before. Well, it's hard to do when you're in fear. Mm-hmm. I don't go down other hallways when I see them coming anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What what would you say was most valuable that you got out of the advanced course? Or something valuable you got out of the advanced course? That it went deeper, obviously, from the first course. Also, from my perspective, I was, although I couldn't wait till you put out the second course, I was glad that there was time in between so I could keep practicing and then when I when you did do the second course I was able to um a little more prepared for it I was prepared for it you know I had more a foundation oh that's mm-hmm. what he means oh okay I get it now you know the wording you know it takes it takes a while to get the glossary listing correct I'm trying. I'm trying to use English, but yeah, I'm also pointing at something that you can't see. It's not tangible. I can't put a belief in front of somebody and show them. Okay, this is what it looks like. You have to discover it for yourself. Yeah, you really do, or else it's not going to work. That that's a tricky business about what I'm pointing at here. So it does take time to just learn how to um, perceive all these variables in the imagination, these elements in the imagination, how they dance together and then how to change them. Something something that I have been meaning to put in a podcast somewhere, some audio, is that, and I'll ask you, do you feel like you've mastered the whole first series yet? Um, no. <laughs> okay. Because I I truly believe it's it's practice. Now I'm trying to find the rhythm. In the past, you've given, um, I'm not a musical person, but you've given musical examples, you know, of learning mm-hmm. to play something. Mm-hmm. And you can play the piano and learn to play it, but now now that you understand it, then you start getting the rhythm of it, and you start playing without thinking about it. Yeah. And I like to think that that's, after two years, that's where I am at, and I am thoroughly enjoying this this time. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to more growth. Yeah. And see and see where it goes and see what it brings. I think some people hold off on the advanced course because they somewhere their expectation is assumption is I really should master this first block of practices before I go on and some of the stuff in the advanced course will actually help you master the first course. Mhm. In that 
it takes it deeper. Um, like dismantling the self-judgment issue in the advanced series. And so I'll just say it here, it is an art. I mean, when do you stop practicing and mastering an art and living your life, expressing yourself, expressing your emotions, mastering interpretation, an awareness of where someone's coming from and what they really mean and how to interpret it in a way that doesn't offend yourself. How to look at the world and look at more and more havoc in the world or the chaos in the world, suffering in the world without judgment, without victimization. That's an art. I mean, when would you not practice it? I so. that's what I concur with the whole art thing. Yeah. That you do look at yourself as a piece of art and yeah. and it's always going to be creating. And you're creating, you're expressing. That's art in every moment, your expression in every moment. I don't look at this as like, okay, you do the course and you finished and it's like multiplication tables. You now know what you need to know and go on with your life. No, this is, okay, this is a mastery in the way you live each moment of your life. And why would you stop? Um, and the thing is, it's like once you get to that point and like, why would you stop? I'm not going back to that madness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why well, look for the madness there? I mean, even like when people ask the question, what's the purpose of life? It's like, why? I'm not even going to the madness of that question. Typical stereotype question. Yeah. And the the love and joy becomes kind of addicting too. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Oh. It's like, okay, are you done? Well, I have something more important to do. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy this over here, so excuse me. Are you are you creating different things to do with your time then? I mean, that that cuz if you aren't doing all the drama, typically and this is part of what I put in the advanced series, when you're not doing all the drama and emotional reaction anymore, for one, you have a whole lot more energy because you aren't burning up the emotion and fear and anger and jealousy or whatever it is. But two, you also have a lot more time. I was just going to mention that. I, there's, there's, where did all this time come from? <laughs> so, so what are you what are you doing with your time now? Well, it's like you might you say you're going to go for your 20 minute walk a day, then for some reason it turns into two hours. <laughs> you know, it's like oops, but you know that's okay. <laughs> you don't you don't have to hurry home to put gas in the car anymore. So. No, I no. No and 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 then you know all the little quirky things that the one um podcast that you posted about that Dr. Jill when she had that stroke about you know the left and right side of the brain. That's a blog post. A blog post, I'm sorry. Blog post, yeah, it's on my blog. blog post. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Jill Jill Bolt Taylor from the yeah, TED video. That was fascinating because yeah. like six months before, just out of awareness and stuff, I <laughs> one of the quirky things is, is learning how to write with the left hand. Really? Yeah. You know what, I'm really good at this now. What what prompted you to start writing with your left hand? I don't know. Okay. You just, said, okay, I'm, okay, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Broke a habit. Yeah. Okay. Just breaking habits. 
I'm going to ask you about the Jill Bolt-Taylor video because mm -hmm. she talks about a couple things. She talks about a left brain experience and a right brain experience and the left side being very analytical and story driven and, and the, the right side of the brain being very expansive and in this very blissful nirvana state. Did that speak to you at all that from one to the other and in your experience and all this? Um, yes, it did. Also, her statement about finding balance struck me. But also what she said about when she had the stroke and what it did to her, because on a personal level, my mother suffered um, mental illness for many, many, many years. And one day she had a stroke. And I went to see her. And I saw this person I never saw before, um, this most beautiful person that that I never saw before. But then each day when I would go back, the other person, per se, um, started coming back. Or mm -hmm. the, one who, the one who was in pain, the, the mental illness was, was coming back. Mm -hmm. um, so I am just grateful in my life that I got to maybe possibly see the person who she really was within the, in those two days. Mm -hmm. another, another part of, yeah. And, and that was very, very, very loving from from my point of view to see that. The, no doubt helped shift all your stories and any judgments and interpretations, yeah. Yeah. And about also who, about also, who she is. Yeah. And also what it must be like for her. How so? What do you mean? What? To, to live that way and, and not know it, maybe. Possibly. I mean, I don't. It was it was just a different experience of of an interaction with her. Yeah. It's kind of like the stroke froze whatever was making this mental illness happen. Mm -hmm. Also, I, it came from a doctor, you know, who yeah. who are usually you know who's going to listen to me, but you know people are going to listen to a doctor. Yeah, she has a very expansive, we'll call it a spiritual experience, a mm -hmm. perception experience. Yeah. And she saw the world in a way that uh, was brand new. Saw but herself also, in a way that was brand new. And also it looked like it took her several years to recover from that too, but it was nice that she remembered. Yeah, I, I don't promote the stroke method of perception of love like that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I understand that. I realize that. <laughs> what I what and I didn't put much comment about the video, but it's something we can certain we can talk about for a long time. But so much of this work is about perception, and it's hard to explain. And what I do in a lot of this audio and I'm inviting someone to look at something either very specifically or to look at it in a different way. And that's entirely a shift in the point of perception. And you can't explain perception. People are filtered out. If if a person has green sunglasses on, you know, there are glasses that are green, and you show them something that's written in red letters, you know, they're not going to see red. So, you know, how does someone who has a big judge and victim paradigm going on see something that's different and uh, that's why one of the reasons that video was very interesting is because 
it, it was about perception in one regard. Ability to see the world in a different way from a new point of view. And then afterwards, to see the crowd applaud her like that, her perception. Yeah. Well, so, what she did was heroic. Very heroic. She came back. Yeah. She came back to tell people about it. There's in, another in, way uh, to see the world in yourself. In her peer group, too. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know, I think they'd be just as happy to receive that message as anybody. Yeah, that's true. Um, um to perceive with the eyes of love. But very yes. heroic. Yeah, hugely heroic. Anything else you want to share? Um, no, I wasn't prepared for this, so. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we'll talk again in a year. <laughs> we'll see what you've been doing by then. <laughs> Questions of me? Um, Questions for me? Not at this point, no. Well, you know where to find me. Yes. <laughs> Holly, thank you very much for sharing. Thank you for uh, being heroic for yourself and saving yourself from fear, self-judgment. Well, thank you for all your work that you have done. Mostly I just do pointing. I'm just kind of a guide pointing. You have to take all the steps. Well, I like your little laser pointer. <laughs> <laughs> it was something that I could understand and grasp. Yeah. I uh, Being happy is an inside job. And uh, I'm not here to carry anybody. Uh, although the pointing and getting the figuring out what steps to take and in the right order it's a, is a piece that I needed help with as well. This is Gary Van Wormerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness podcast. Having a little time sharing with Holly, getting an update from her about the direction her life is going and that being in the direction of a lot more love. You can find out more about the exercises she's engaged in at pathwaytohappiness.com and they are in the Self Mastery audio series. Thank you.